Welcome to our C3 Grow podcast. Wherever you are today, we hope that this message encourages you. We'd love to see you in person at one of our three locations, Howick, Ormiston, and Suva. Visit c3grow.org for details. Well, we're excited to start our sermon series this week. Good news of great joy. What a wonderful, wonderful gift we have. And, um, you know, we're, I, I remember when I was younger, uh, we used to really love celebrating Christmas and giving gifts to one another until one particular Christmas when my parents told me that we wouldn't be able to purchase gifts from the store. You see, they were having a pretty difficult Christmas that year and didn't have enough money to give us any presents. So we had to make presents. We had to create presents for one another. And you know, I remember that Christmas as being one of the most special Christmases ever because I had received a gift that was handcrafted and created a lot of thought and passion went into my gift. And it was better than any of the store-bought gifts. It was something from the heart of my sister's Well, this morning, we're going to be speaking about the reception of a very special gift, a gift that is given to each one of us, and we will be unwrapping it together this morning, and there might even be a few surprises along the way in what it entails for each one of us. Well, today's reading is from Luke 2, verses 8 to 18. And if we have Phoebe here, she's going to read it to us. So Phoebe, if you'd like to come up on stage and read our reading for this morning. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Thank you, Phoebe. That was wonderful. They were amazed at what had been told to them. 
Do you know, in the Bible, there are over 350 prophecies that speak about the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. But not even all of them have been fulfilled when he returns. He will fulfill even more of these prophecies. And I'm going to go through some of them. We heard about Jesus being born in Bethlehem. This was a prophecy that was fulfilled, that he would bring freedom to the captives. He would set us free, that we would perform miracles, signs, and wonders. In the New Testament, we see that unfold that all nations, including us, were grafted into the new covenant. All nations would be blessed through him, that we'd be from the seed of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, that he would be a descendant of David, that he would be from the line of David, that he would crush the enemy's head in accordance with the evangelical message that is given in Genesis, that his ministry would defeat the enemy, that he would bring justice and be humbled as a form of serving those that he has come to, to save that he would bring redemption and atonement for sin. And this just, this doesn't even, that is not even all of that. There's so many, there are over 350 prophecies that is statistically impossible for any human being to have fulfilled any of them by chance. And so we see that Jesus proves that he is the son of God through the fulfillment of prophecies. And even before the prophecies were given, he was there before the beginning of time as the spirit hovered over the waters, Jesus was there and in and through him, all things were created for his majesty and glory. You see, this wasn't just a nativity story that is shared every year. This is passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation. And each one of them would sit and wait and see that this would be their generation when that prophecy would be fulfilled. And suddenly those shepherds who would have heard that prophecy over and over and over again see in amazement and wonder that it has come to them, that they they have been chosen for this prophecy to be revealed. The shepherds, the shepherds, the significance of the shepherds is of particular importance this morning. Shepherds might have been overlooked during that time. We know that they watched over the flock day in and day out in harsh conditions. They would have nomadically moved from place to place, constantly taking care of the sheep. And you know, Charles Spurgeon even reminds us that sheep really need taking care of. They can wander off and they actually would become more sick they, come, they are known to have more ailments than human beings. They have loads of ailments and sickness and become sick more often. And so this had to be, they have to be caring shepherds to care for them. And it's easy when you work so hard day in and day out. And you are the one who's doing everything, much like these shepherds, to be forgotten. To be a forgotten people group. But as this happens, God sends a very clear message to each one of us that he esteems the shepherds, that in his kingdom, people like the shepherds are highly esteemed. In fact, God's kingdom works very differently to our way of understanding our earthly kingdom. You see, Roman, uh, uh, the, the Roman emperor during that time was Caesar Augustus. And he was a ruler during that time. He would have lived in a palace. This is an earthly way, the earthly uh, kingdom that he ruled over. But Jesus in his heavenly kingdom, comes to earth and is born in a manger. You see the different kingdoms, the way of understanding that they operate differently. He would have had earthly choirs, Caesar Augustus, singing to him every year 
and the interpretations say that he would have had uh, earthly choirs singing and serenading him. Jesus has heavenly choirs singing to him. The Caesar Augustus would have had a Pax Romana signed, a broken agreement really, to bring peace to everybody underneath the Roman Empire kingdom. But Jesus brings everlasting peace to those who believe in him. See the way these two kingdoms operate, it contrasts differently to our understanding, our belief, our, our, our ways of operating, sorry, rather. And as the angels take a look at this wonderful proclamation that the Messiah has come to save them, that he has been born generation after generation, they would have, they would have heard about it, either through word of mouth or through the scribes' writing, they know that God has not forgotten them. God has been faithful and fulfilled the prophecies that he has spoken about. And it's easy during Christmas time, with so many gifts around us, receiving of, of gifts and parties. In fact, the more things that we have, the emptier we feel. Or perhaps you're working busy around this Christmas season, or it is a difficult time for you. Whatever you are struggling with today, know that Jesus sees you. He sees your prayers. He sees your tears. He sees your hard work. He saw those shepherds day in and day out serving him faithfully. Jesus sees all things and he comes to bless those who will honor him. Here we see the true providence and true meaning of Jesus's message. This is not just a nativity story. It is far more than that. In fact, the theme of shepherdhood passes from the Old into the New Testament too. Because in the Old Testament, we read about uh, Psalm 23, in which Jesus says that he is our shepherd, our shepherd. We shall not want. Jesus provides for us everything we could ever want. Our desires and needs are provided for in accordance with his will. Our spiritual wants are provided for. Jesus is our provider. What a wonderful gift. If I stopped there, it would be enough. He is our provider. He makes us lie down by green pastures, by still waters. He restores our soul. He grants us rest. What a wonderful gift. In the busyness of life, we know we can enter into the secret place and find rest for our souls and find peace. Not just a temporary peace, but an everlasting peace for each one of us. What a wonderful gift gift he gives he says he leads us by paths of righteousness lead us guide us any problem that we have any fear or anxiety is laid at his throne at his feet he is the one who will lead and guide you in that decision making you have to make jesus is faithful as a leader and guider in your life just like he leads the metaphor is he leads the sheep in the new testament we see that analogy also carried through. Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd here, the keeper of his sheep. The sheep enter through the gate of salvation and receive salvation for their souls. Jesus is our rescuer. What a wonderful gift. And in fact, this is not just any ordinary shepherd. He will risk his life for his sheep. He will risk his life for his sheep. Sheep that wander. He will leave the 99 to find the one. This is a wonderful Savior. What a beautiful Redeemer. What a beautiful gift. Well, during that time, we read about David. And uh, David was a shepherd too in the Old Testament, sorry. 
and he would keep watch over his sheep. So much so that he would protect his sheep against lions and bears and all sorts of other predators. Jesus is our protector and our defender. What a wonderful gift. But during that time, the Israelites were like sheep without a shepherd. The Pharisees and their leaders above them had let them down, had disappointed them. And they were wandered around, they were spread out over Jerusalem, much like scattered sheep. But Jesus in this prophetic utterance says that he will regather the sheep under his own. He will rescue them and bring them back to his heart. What a beautiful savior. You know, Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. It's not just enough for him to be, to be a, our provider, to be our pre peace giver, to be our redeemer, to save us. It's not just enough for that. No, he keeps on giving. In fact, he calls us sons of the living God. We are sons and daughters of the living God. He gives us his sonship. Jesus, God, Son of God, and God are lavish in their giving. God is lavish in his giving. He doesn't just fill our cup, he causes our cup to overflow. He does exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever hope or dream. He is a lavish giver of gifts to us. And all of it is unmerited and undeserving. But by his grace, we can receive that. It is much like this piece of paper. Our lives are like this piece of paper. You know, we start off blank in life without any sin, shame, or guilt. But sin comes along. And we make mistakes. We mess up. We have guilt, shame, and stain all over us. The thing is that we cannot remove this. No matter how much we try, no matter how good we are, we can't remove the stain and guilt and shame. We can't remove this sin. And God's standard of holiness is so high, we can never meet it on our own. We need a savior. We need someone to save us. Jesus' righteousness is much like this coin. It's clean. It has no guilt or shame on it. It has purpose and value. And you know, on the cross, Jesus had you and me in mind. And on the cross, a beautiful exchange takes place. Jesus takes all of our sin, guilt, and shame upon his shoulders and cleanses us clean until it is no more. It is wiped clean. And instead, in exchange, he gives us his righteousness. And the curtain is torn in two because we are able, in that exchange, 
to enter boldly into his presence. When God sees us, he doesn't see us in our personal capacity. He sees us coming in the name of Jesus with his authority and power in his kingdom. He sees us coming into the throne with his righteousness, shining brightly with all of Jesus' glory. We enter into God's presence. We're undeserving. We're unworthy, but yet God chooses to bless those who will believe in his name. Amen. We don't deserve this gift, but God gives it anyway. And lavishly to anyone who will believe in him. Because this is the God we serve. Everything else, all the worries, everything else, all the fear, it all pales in comparison to what Jesus did that day, to the glory that he gives each one of us. You know, when I think of this story, it's not just a story. It's not just a story. It's everything that God has done for each one of us. Everything else doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. At Christmas time, we reflect on what is important that we have given our hearts and lives to the only one true God, the Son, Jesus. The gift that keeps on giving. You are highly favored by God. He has remembered you. He has granted his grace through faith by grace. And you know, it is much like that woman at the well, she too had that guilt and shame heavy on her shoulders. And every day she would come in the heat of the day to collect water from the well. Jesus would sit under the sun that day to wait for the appearance of that woman. And as she comes, an exchange takes place. In exchange for her guilt and shame, in that moment, she believes in him. And she runs into town. She doesn't walk. She doesn't step lightly. She doesn't look around at the environment. No, she runs into town to tell everybody, all of those that she had previously been ashamed to walk with. She tells everyone about the gift of Jesus. The Messiah has come and appeared. She is happy and joyful. Nothing else matters except for the gift that has been given. The Messiah is here. What a wonderful proclamation. And the evangelical story of his coming is shared by that woman. You know, nobody would ever receive a gift and not unwrap it. I mean, who would receive a gift and leave it in the closet? Jesus requires each one of us to be accountable with the news and hearing of what he has done for us. To spread that news with joy and abundance. To tell everybody about what he has done in your life. And what he is able to do in their lives. This gift is not for us to hide away. It is to share with others the beauty. Is he not worthy of it? This Christmas season, take time to share the beauty of this gift that has been given to each one 
of you. We are all tasked with that responsibility to tell others of the good news of Jesus. He's not only our provider, redeemer, comforter, friend, Lord, healer, deliverer, rescuer. He's our savior, so much more. The gift that keeps on giving. Share it with others. Share the good news with those around you. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has blessed you. For more information about our church, you can find us online at c3grow.org.